welcome to another episode of Talks from St. Peter's, a podcast bringing you live recordings of talks from our services at St. Peter's Church in Derby, a community of faith, hope and love in the heart of the city. So as Paul said at the start of this, the service today, we're celebrating uh, St. Peter's Day and we're, we're thinking about the disciple and the apostle Peter originally known as Simon, uh, after whom our church is named. Um, And I'm no historian, but I think we can pretty much guarantee that this is the first time that we've been celebrating uh, St. Peter's Day virtually as a community. So this morning, we're making history. And I love, personally, the fact that St. Peter's is called St. Peter's. And that's because Peter is probably the most fully dimensional of the disciples. There's a wonderful wealth of stories in the Bible uh, which give us insight into both his character and his faith. Simon, the disciple, is called from being a very ordinary fisherman to fish for people. And he leaves not just his boat, but everything he knows behind to follow Jesus. He's known for taking risks. He steps out of the boat, he walks on the water towards Jesus, and he sinks as he goes. He denies Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, and he weeps bitterly. And yet, when we get to the book of Acts, he is transformed from stumbling disciple to bold preacher and the leader of the early church. Peter is impetuous yet courageous. He's emotional and he's humanly frail. And he gives us hope, I think, both in who we are now and in who we might become through the grace of God. But the main reason that I'm glad that St. Peter's is named after Peter is that ultimately Peter really loved Jesus. He simply loved Jesus, even when he said the most misguided things, even when he didn't understand, even at the point of betrayal, his tears are testimony to the love he had for Jesus. And as Jesus said, in the the reading that Celia's just shared with us, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Peter's treasure was Jesus. And that was the motivation for the way he lived life with all its ups and downs. Where is our treasure? That's a good question to ask as we begin to emerge from lockdown potentially with change priorities after going through such a strange experience. And as Paul wrote in that letter he sent out to us yesterday, um, lots of people are emerging from lockdown full of good intentions. Good intentions about exercising more and working less, taking up hobbies, spending more time with people. But having seen the really long queues outside IKEA and Primark, you could be forgiven for wondering how much we've really changed. And the big question is, where is our treasure? 
Is our treasure in money, in possessions, in security? Is it in our jobs that might give us identity? Is it in people? Is it in our faith? Because as Jesus points out, wherever it is, that's where our heart will be. And the reading from Matthew 16 is a reminder of this. So Jesus has taken his disciples away from the busyness of life and ministry to Caesarea Philippi. And there Jesus says to the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? In other words, who do people say that I am? And the disciples reply with a variety of answers, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or a prophet. And then Jesus comes straight back at them with an even more piercing question. Who do you say that I am? And Simon responds in what's often considered to be his finest hour. You are the Messiah, he says, the son of the living God. Peter's often credited with being the first to recognise who Jesus was, although some question that. Think about Nathaniel, for example, in John chapter 1, who says, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Who knows, Peter could even have been the last. But either way, the point is this, this is a moment when the penny drops for him. And he could never have expected the overwhelming response he got from Jesus. You are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, Jesus said, because this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Wow. Did Peter even know what any of that meant? Probably not. But the important thing isn't just what Peter said, but where he said it. Caesarea Philippi was about 150 miles north of Jerusalem, and it was known firstly for its beauty. It was the source of the River Jordan at the foot of Mount Hermon, and it was surrounded by grapevines, mulberries and fig trees. It was a place of relaxation, but it was also renowned for its hedonistic pleasure. If you like, it was the bright lights, the Las Vegas of ancient Israel, a centre for gambling and immorality. It was as far removed theologically, morally and socially from the strict Jewish culture that the disciples knew as it was in physical geographical distance. And that wasn't all. Caesarea Philippi was also a significant centre of pagan worship and political power. The original, original name of the city was Panias, in honour of Pan, the pagan fertility god of shepherds and flocks. 
and Pan's temple, otherwise known as the Gate to Hades, was carved into the cliffs at Caesarea Philippi. So when Jesus said that the gates of Hades could not prevail against his church, he and the disciples may well have been looking at the pagan temple and listening to the sounds of the waterfalls there. God's church, Jesus is saying, will be greater and stronger than the kingdom of any of the pagan gods, stronger even than the forces of nature. It's an incredibly powerful claim. And it wasn't just the god Pan whose presence pervaded Caesarea Philippi. Many, many years earlier, the first king of Israel, Jeroboam, had led the northern kingdom of Israel into idolatry there, building altars to pagan gods. And there was also another huge temple, a temple for worship of Caesar, built by Herod the Great and leading to his son Philip, renaming the city Caesarea Philippi after his death. So the point is this, Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am in a place where he's surrounded by so many idols? The idols of wealth, of pleasure, of political strength, of business, of power and privilege, of gods who claim to control creation, of pagan worship practices. And of course, we can never be sure why Jesus chose that place. But it's the only time that Jesus goes there with his disciples, and it does seem a very significant choice. Caesarea Philippi symbolises the place where the pressing question of where our treasure really is touches our lives and demands an answer from us. And our answer to those two questions, who do you say that I am and where is your treasure, are the most vital questions we will ever face in our lives. And we need to have an answer to those questions as individuals, but we also need an answer as a church, as a community named after the Apostle Peter and walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Because the story doesn't end with Peter recognising who Jesus is. Just let me read those words one more time. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Is that what people first think of when they hear the word church? Is that what we first think of? Possibly not. This is the start of something which is world-changing. Not just for Peter, but for all the disciples who find themselves transformed from a bunch of scared fishermen into a church 
which is tasked with nothing less than loosing the things of heaven on earth. And if we look at history, we see that it wasn't long before the stark reality of that call was felt. Even in the book of Acts, there's uh, Christians, we see the early Christians facing uh, persecution. And we're all so aware now of the reality of living and having faith as best we can through a pandemic. There were two great pandemics in the Roman Empire, the Antonine Plague in the mid-2nd century and the Cyprian Plague in the mid-3rd century, and millions of people died. And everyone who was able to leave fled the cities, except for the Christians. Because the early Christians stayed and ministered to the sick and dying and buried the dead. From Persia to Rome to North Africa, ordinary Christians risked their lives and the lives of their families and shared what little they had. And why? Because their greatest treasure lay in Jesus and in his teaching. Because they knew who Jesus was for them. And the result of their faith and of their boundless love was that the people around came to see Christianity as a far more compelling alternative to anything the Roman gods could offer. It still is a compelling alternative today. So as we join together in celebrating St Peter's Day and giving thanks for this community of faith, we need to challenge ourselves again and say, where is our treasure? Because wherever it is, there our hearts will be also. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord, as you ask Peter, who do you say that I am? You ask us that same question today and every day. May we have the grace to be able to respond. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. May our true treasure be found in you as individuals and as a community of faith. And may our lives reflect your boundless love. Amen. St Peter's is a diverse community of faith, hope and love in the heart of the city. If you'd like to know more, you can find us online at stpetersderby.org.uk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talks from St Peter's and we hope you will join us again for our next talk in about a week's time.